Winston Churchill once said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. This is similar to the teaching of Jesus, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, which is found in Matthew 6:21. Dr. Carl Menninger, an American psychiatrist, says, money giving is a good criterion of a person's mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally ill people. A writer in Modern Maturity magazine said, the world is full of two kinds of people, the givers and the takers. The takers eat well, the givers sleep well. This message this morning is not about what should be on your list of things that you're thankful for. That's an important list. But instead, I want to ask a question this morning. Are you on somebody else's list? Are others grateful for you? The Apostle Paul was thankful for the Corinthians. He wrote to them to encourage them to carry on. They had been generous in giving for uh, other folks. But I want to examine a little closer this morning what Paul wrote to the Corinthians here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. If you have your Bibles this morning or your iPhones, turn with me or turn it on to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Are others grateful for you? It's a profound question. It's worthy of meditation this morning for just a moment. Is somebody in your life thankful for you? I'm sure there is. But think about the people that might be thankful in your life because of your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. They're thankful for that because you made a difference in their lives. If you found your way to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, stand with me this morning, if you will, out of reverence and respect to the reading of God's holy word. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says this, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you're enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of the service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through the thankfulness, thanksgiving to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Jesus Christ and for your liberality, liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their power for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Let's pray. Father, may you bless the reading of your holy word. Speak to us this morning, Father, about giving our lives away, about investing in lives of those around us, Father, and those that we don't even know. Father, I pray this morning that every one of us, Father, would be touched by your Holy Spirit and our lives would be changed yet again for eternity, that every one of us would leave this place in a little bit, Father, more thankful, but also desiring to be on somebody else's list when they think about what they're thankful for. Father, we love you. We thank you once again for first loving us as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Verse 6, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You know what we're talking about here? We're talking about investing. We're talking about giving ourselves away. God gave first, so we give also. 
Because God gave His Son, we have an incredible privilege to give like that, to give ourselves away, even if it costs us our entire life. You know, it's amazing. The farmer knows the power of God. The farmer knows if he plants five seeds, he might get five stalks of corn. But he realizes if I sow bountifully, then I'm going to probably reap bountifully if I farm well. The same principle as us, a very simple principle for us. I want you to think about giving your life away. When I give my life away, you give your life away, you know what happens? God bountifully blesses us. God fills us back up. We cannot outgive God. We know that. Do people see you giving yourselves away for them? We hold back seeds. You know what happens? We limit the harvest in our life. The size of the harvest directly corresponds to what we sow, what we give away. Many of us might not be realizing or appreciating the gift that we have from God, the generosity that we can receive from God, or the life that God wants us to have. Because Why? Because we're too stingy. We're holding it to ourselves. We're misers with what God has blessed us with. But God says, I'm giving you these gifts to give them away. We've been blessed to be a blessing, especially in America. Do you invest in the lives of others? Where do you give your life away? Ponder that thought for just a moment this morning. Where do you give your life away? Do you invest in others? Think about phone calls. Do you make phone calls? Do you visit people? Are you free giving of words of encouragement to people? Do you spend your time encouraging people during the week? Do you forgive people that come against you? That's giving. That's changing somebody else's life because they might not know about Jesus Christ, but when they see you forgive them of something that you've done to them, you know what they're going to do? They're going to realize God in heaven. There must be something bigger in this life than I'm realizing in my own life. How about are you giving away the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's a little bit of a trouble part in our lives today. We have a hard time doing that sometimes. Some people say it's because of fear. I believe personally it's because we just haven't set ourselves up to do it. We haven't thought about it. We haven't pondered how would I do that and kind of maybe come up in your mind how I'd share the gospel of Jesus Christ, how I might introduce it to somebody. I shared with you last week that there's 11 million people that live in Virginia. 70% of them are not saved. That means there's about 7.5 million people in this state that do not know Jesus Christ. In America, there's 322 million. 75% of them are not saved. Let me bring it closer to home here. There's a little over 25,000 people that live in a 10-mile radius of our church. You know how many people out of that 25,000 go to church every Sunday? Less than 2,500. So you know what that means? That means that there's 22,500 people out there that do not go to church on Sunday. They're out doing something else, maybe sleeping in. We have an incredible opportunity to share and to give away our faith. Do you believe somebody would be thankful to you if you introduced them to Jesus Christ and they got saved? You better believe it. They'd look at you as one of the greatest Christians they've ever known because you had the courage and the boldness but also the desire and the heart for them to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are other people thankful for you? Our wealth is not measured by what we have. I think you know that. But our wealth is not really measured by what we have. Our wealth is measured by what we invest in other people, what we're giving away. There's an incredible vital connection between investing in our spiritual health. If we hold it all in, you know what happens? We miss God. God gives it away so we can be used of him to bring light into this world and be salt to this world. There are three important aspects here that Paul talks about investing, and I want to share those very quickly this morning. 
We just talked about one of them. The number one thing is to sow bountifully, to invest generously. When we do that, we reap bountifully. I want you to think about several of these examples. You ever walk by one of those guys standing outside a store ringing a bell with a little bucket there for the Salvation Army? I hate to confess to you. You know what I usually do? I usually reach in my pocket and get some change out. Maybe I'll reach in my wallet and pull a dollar bill or two out. I want you to think about this. Sowing bountifully, why not pull that $20 bill out of your wallet and throw that bucket? You know that money's going to help people that don't have what we have. How about servers in restaurants when we go out there? One of the things I like to do is leave a track. But you know what else I like to do when I leave that track on the table? Leave a larger than normal tip. Because they'll notice the money, first of all, and then they'll wonder, I wonder what they, why this guy did this. And they'll read the little thing and realize, hey, he must be a Christian. And I pray that, that person would read it. I can't tell you how many times I've turned around walking out of a restaurant and looked back and that person's reading it. They're, they're picking up the table and they're thinking about they're looking at that thing. I can also tell you a lot of times I'll stop on the side of the street and give money. That's got, some guy's got a sign out there giving away. And I'll give him some money. Give, I want to give him something substantial. But I'll also give him that track. And as I'm driving away, I look back there and the guy's sitting there reading the track. Thank you, God, for that. I'm praying that it touches his life and changes his life. How about going to a coffee shop and maybe passing out $1? Be creative. Pass out $1 gift certificates. Everybody's seen that gift shop. For that gift shop, for that coffee shop. How about sponsor somebody to Christmas, at Christmas time? Being spontaneously generous. We have an incredible opportunity here in about three weeks to give the Lottie Moon offering. Lottie Moon goes to support missionaries around the world. We have all kinds of opportunities to give materially, but also to give of our time and give of our talents. Give what we have inside of us, which is Jesus Christ. Give him away. Being thankful. The biggest characteristic of a generous Christian, you know what it is? The biggest, greatest characteristic of a Christian that is generous, that gives themselves away, they're engaged. They're engaged with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're engaged in their faith. They're growing in spiritual transformation in their life. Their life is being changed all the time, and they realize every time I give myself away, you know what God does? He changes me again. He makes me a different person. I'm not the man I used to be. I used to be a miser. I used to be stingy with my things. I'm giving it away. Giving to the glory of God. You saw those pictures I mentioned a minute ago, but every one of those pictures had to do with somebody giving themselves away. Many of those missionaries, many of those opportunities were a lot of people giving themselves away. Many of you probably don't know about the Nicaragua baseball crusade that we had the privilege of doing down in Nicaragua in 2006. We were doing little baseball clinics with people, young boys down there, and trying to get little baseball leagues set up. Instead of them getting involved in a, in a, uh, a gang or something like that, we got a little baseball going, and they love playing baseball, there, and many of them were very good at it. So we took uniforms. Many, many of you volunteered to give us money for those, but you also gave us used baseball equipment and bats. We carried that stuff down there to give it away. In the midst of one of those little baseball clinics that we were doing, a guy that played for the Nicaragua national baseball team walked across the field, came up and said, what are you guys doing? Oh, can I help? He said. So absolutely. Well, about two weeks after coming back from there, you've heard this before, some of you, I got a call here from the presidential palace at Beaverdam Baptist Church, a call from the presidential palace asking us if we want to come down and have a baseball uh, game against their national team, if we could get some professional players to come down. Who is this again? It wasn't the president, but it was one of the assistants. So we, we set up an appointment to go down and see him, and Billy Kane and I flew down there to go to the presidential palace. It's like getting into the White House. They have all these guards and places. That the, Nicaragua is a mess. I mean, it is dirty. It's filthy. 
But this presidential palace was gorgeous. Gold-laid tile and things like that. Just gorgeous. Went back there, and the president was out of town, but his assistant sat out with us, and we took a Bible to give the president. And the assistant said, oh, he's going to love this. He's a Christian. But he gave us the stadium for free. The national stadium seats 40,000 people. said he's going to get the Nicaragua team to play us three nights in a row for free. He's going to supply all the needs. We needed some buses. He's going to help us with those. And so we had a baseball crusade down there. Had hundreds and hundreds of people come. And we had hundreds and hundreds of people say, we, we preached every night, three nights in a row. Then we had a baseball game. I'll have you know that the Americans won two out of three. So uh, it was a good, uh, good time. And we got 17 different players. Some of them been professional baseball players. Some of them were coming out of college and going to go in the pros. Had an incredible team go down with us. And I'm saying all that to say this. Only God could do that. But God could do that. I had no idea that God was going to do that just by going down there and serving ourselves. We took 40 individuals from our church and 17 baseball players down there. People gave themselves away and served phenomenally. Served in a many, many precious ways down there. And we saw God's glory come down to that stadium that night, those, those three nights, in an incredible way. Because people gave themselves away, sowing bountifully. I've told you this story before, I think, too, that uh, it was a Sunday before we were leaving on the Friday to go down to that thing. We needed $17,000 still to pay for all the funds we had to do. So we prayed about that, just trusting God. We're still going. We're trusting God. Announced it in the first service and uh, that we could use some more donations for this. Billy Kane came up to me before the second service and said, don't bother making an announcement. Somebody just wrote us a $17,000 check to go. When we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. The second thing that uh, we need to do, it says this in verse 7. It says, let each one of you give as he purposes in his own heart. You know what that means? It means thoughtfully. Give thoughtfully. Give ourselves away thoughtfully. Purposely is the only place in the Bible it's used is right here in verse 7, 2 Corinthians but it means this, it's premeditated, predetermined plan of action that is done from the heart voluntarily. Purposely, thoughtfully. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, don't admit it if you have, but I have. Gotten late in the season, wanting to buy a couple of special gifts for people, and it's so late. Went in there, I didn't have a whole lot of time to look around, didn't have a whole lot of time to really put my sign up. Shame on me for not putting thought up before that. But I went to the store and found the first thing that looked like it would work. Just got a gift for somebody. You know, and when they got it, no, thanks, Dad, or thanks, honey. The honey person was my wife. If you, <laughs> but you know, I've gotten gifts before, too, that I could kind of tell they didn't put a whole lot into it. They went to the store and wanted to buy something. Maybe you have, too. It's nice that you give a gift, but you know how much more it means when you give something thoughtful. I know you've had those experiences, too, where you've planned and you've planned, and maybe you've made it or maybe you've saved up money to go out and buy this very special gift. And you're so excited about giving it. You can't wait to give it. And when that person gets it, they get tears in their eyes. Oh, thank you. I've wanted this for a long time. Thank you. How'd you know? God told me I also wanted to be thoughtful. You know, many times, you know what we give? We give the leftovers. That's why I was describing when I go shopping sometimes. It's so late I haven't had time to give thought to the gift. And it's just leftovers. As opposed to really sitting down and I want to bless my children at Christmas. I want to bless them for their birth. I want to bless them in their life. I'm going to do thoughtful things for my kids. You know, one of the most precious gifts I believe that any of us can get, especially as adults, is a letter or a note from our kids telling us how much they love us. You know what? I have enough things. I don't really need anything else. I mean, most of us are like that. But you know, when a child writes a note, how about this? When a wife writes a note to her husband or her husband takes a long time to write a beautiful note or a letter to his wife and puts it on a tree, 
I just want you to know this Christmas how much I appreciate you, how much I love you, how special you are. And thank you. And, and put thought into it. Not some cursory thing to sign your name, love you. Take time to express and encourage and edify the people closest to us. My greatest gifts, I'll tell you, have been letters from my kids and from my wife. That's the greatest gifts I've gotten. But notes of gratitude. You want your investment to count? Do it thoughtfully. Take time to invest thoughtfully. Maybe realizing there's somebody in your sphere of influence, somebody in your church or somebody in your neighborhood that's going through a hard time. And I hear about it all the time, and you do a great job of this. Give yourselves away. Go out of your way to help other people in need. How about this? Maybe helping somebody that don't even know. The final thing that Paul tells us about the aspects of investing is invest cheerfully. Look at the last part of verse 7. It says, I'll read the whole thing to you. So let each one give as he purposes his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. You know what cheerful means here? Look up the Greek. It means hilarious. When was the last time you were overwhelmed and just got hysterical because you're helping somebody else or giving something away? Giving something to somebody else. You know, there's great joy. You've heard that old adage. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It is. It truly is. I get more excited and more... Uh, filled with joy watching my children open gifts at Christmas time than anything I open. I'm excited about it and nice to do it, but I get very, very excited about giving things that I know my children are going to appreciate. When was the last time you got overwhelmed giving something away? Giving your time to somebody, blessing somebody. You know, I heard about it last week as Amy and I were out on the, uh, going around to some of the different houses and the schools. I heard people telling me, he said, I can't believe how thankful she is. I can't believe that she was so filled with joy. I can't believe she's so humble. I can't believe she's so positive-minded. She got all, This is all she has here. She's dealing with this or dealing with that, and she's so thankful. You know what happened there? Those people were blessed for giving themselves away. God did that. God said that encouragement, that evocation, those people that were giving themselves away. Are you willing to invest your lives in the lives of others? Are others great for you? Paul tells us here the benefits from giving ourselves away. The second part of the scripture we read this morning. He gives us three very specific benefits from investing in others. Don't miss these. Verse 8 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Abound, you know what that means? Overwhelmingly supply. God is able to make all grace overwhelmingly supplied unto you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God always gives us more than we need to accomplish His purposes, His mission in life. Don't miss this little thought. I read it this last week. The spring of God's bounty is not dried up by drawing out for the needs of others. The spring of God's bounty is not dried up by giving to others. We can give and give and give and we'll never outgive God. He's going to continue to supply. It says right here in the Scripture. He's going to give you all the sufficiency in all things and have an abundance for every good work. More than we need to give away. You know what happens when we give away to somebody? When we invest in somebody else, you know what happens? It stimulates our giving mechanism inside us. Man, that was an incredible experience giving myself away. I want to do it again. Where can we do this again? I hear that all the time after Mission to Hanover. What can we do next? How can we do next? The things that we've done here in this church over these years, we've seen God say, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's what's next. 
I love the scripture in John 7, verse 37, 38. Jesus Christ says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You know what he's saying? Somebody that genuinely believes in me and begins giving themselves away, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have God's blessings flowing through us. What happens many times, we become a reservoir. And we're not a river. God wants to flow through us like a river. It's not a stream, a, a roaring river. He wants to flow through us with his goodness and his kindness and his blessings and his truth and his power. And yet we become a reservoir. We don't let it flow through us. We kind of gather it all in here. What happens when we keep gathering and keep gathering? Eventually we get full. There's no more room for God to flow through us or bless us. Giving ourselves away is huge in God's sights. Why? Because he first gave. He gave us Jesus Christ. How can I know if I'm a river? Because you live with a sense of joy of your salvation. It's not an up and down battle. It's not depressed one day and up and the other day. When I begin giving myself away, you know what happens? God fills me up. I'm filled to overflowing. In fact, I'm giving away out of the overflow. I'm so filled up with God and I'm so excited about serving God, you know, I can't help but share it. It just flows out of me. It's natural because I'm full. It keeps flowing through me and I'm not clogging it up. I don't have clogged arteries. I don't have a clogged up river or a reservoir. I have a free flowing river through me. A prayer every morning would be, God, make me that river. Empty me out, God, that you can flow through me. God, I want to touch this world for your glory. God, I want to see your power in my life and I want to be used of you in a powerful way to change this world for you. One life at a time. One company at a time. One neighborhood at a time. One state at a time. But God, I want to be used of you. Are others thankful for you? The second thing that Paul tells us is a benefit when we give ourselves away. Look at verses 11 and 12. He says, while you are enriched in everything for a liberal, liberal, liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of saints but also is abounding to the many thanksgiving to God. When we invest in others, we'll be enriched, you'll be enriched, others will be enriched, but also they'll bring thanksgiving to God. It says it right there. But also is abounding to the many thanksgiving to God. Every victory that you and I have for love over selfishness in our lives brings glory to God. It makes people realize that God is real and that His love is real. When we give ourselves away, when we love and not selfish with our lives and with our blessings. Let me tell you something else that's very personal here. When we give, it increases our capacity to love. When we give, it increases our capacity to love. I've shared the illustration with you before that when I got married, I was just a young, I wasn't that young, but didn't really understand love. But as I've grown for 29 years, my precious bride, you know what? It's increased my capacity to love and to give it away. I've come to learn about love. I've come to learn that love transcends everything, that God is love. And if I want to be like God, I need to be love. Love prevails. Love is the most powerful force in the world. When we give, God increases our capacity to love. As you've given in your marriage, as you've given in relationships, you realize that God has grown you. In the essence of light, Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men 
but to glorify and, and see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine. Give yourself away. You ever heard this expression? I love the Jesus I see in you. I love the Je- Has anybody ever said that to you? I love the Jesus I see in you. What a precious comment. That people would realize there's something different about you and there's something inside you. It's Jesus. I love the Jesus that I see in you. That's giving yourself away. Finally, verse 14, it says, By their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. The third benefit that Paul tells us about here this morning, this is important. When you invest in others, they'll pray for you and long for you. When you invest in other people, they'll pray for you and long for you. You know what happens? You begin blessing somebody else in their life. I had the experience when I was at Grove Avenue. My Sunday school class took on a few folks that were at a nursing home. We'd go over there on a regular basis. Once a week, one of us would go over there just to visit with them and talk to them, read the Bible to them, share with a little group of folks over there. You know what? I honestly believe that they began praying that nothing would happen to their sunshine wagon. They'd think, oh, thank God for coming here. I prayed for this week. Thank you for being here today. Thanks so much. And I got a lot of those comments, so, as did other people in my Sunday school class. It blessed my heart. Because there was somebody praying for me, and they're praying that nothing would happen to the sunshine wagon. They didn't want the blessings to stop. They prayed for you and thought about you. We're exceedingly glad for you. Is there somebody in your life right now that's praying that nothing happens to you because you're such a blessing? That you're giving yourself away to that person? Are others grateful for you? It's amazing, though, with the multitude of, benef- the multitude of benefits we have from giving ourselves away, that sometimes we just... Don't give ourselves away. Why? There's always that temptation to live for myself. Man, I'm just too tired. I don't feel like doing this or going this way or going that way. You know, I I think that's what's happening, unfortunately, on Sunday mornings a lot of times. It's my only day off. I've heard that one. I just want to go. When you come to church, you know what you're doing? You're giving yourself away. First of all, you're worshiping. Come in here to worship God. That's the most important thing we do. I want to just give God praise for this hour and a half that I go to church. But the other thing you do is you have an opportunity to give yourself away to people in the hallway, to hug them, to pat them on the back, to encourage them, to edify them. I'm here to tell you, we don't know a lot of times what's going on with people in our sphere of influence. They're going through hard times. They're struggling with something that's happening in their life or in their family's life. and They're in need of an encouraging touch. They're in need for somebody to wrap their arms around them and tell them how much you love them. Hey, what's going on in your life? Well, let me pray for about that. Let me help you here through this. That's what the church is all about. It's about edification and encouragement and evangelism. That we make a difference in this world, but we need to be strong going out from this church. We need to realize that somebody's got my back, that they're praying for me, that they're taking time. We cannot invest too much in each other. We really can't. I don't know if you've got all the encouragement you need or edification you need. I don't. I can always use more. I know you can too. And I love it when you guys reach out or you send us a card or something like that. It touches my heart. And you know what happens? Typically, it's right in the time when I really need it. It's been a hard week or an emotionally draining week or something. I get a card or a note or a text. I know the same for you. We can all use that sense of encouragement. John the Baptist made the comment when they realized who Jesus was and they were talking to him about that. He said, I must decrease that he can increase. He realized that God needed to be exalted above all else in my life. I need to give everything to him. Sometimes we, because we're not having a very good day, tend to grumble a little bit. Listen very carefully to this thought. 
Grumbling and gratitude are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. They're completely different. Totally different. If you grumble, you won't be grateful. If you're grateful, you won't grumble. Did you ever think about that? If I'm spending my time being grateful and thankful to God, I don't have time to grumble because I'm too thankful for all the things I have. A spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of giving ourselves away is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian. Why? Because God gave. The last verse that we looked at here this morning was, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. A gift that was so great. sense of awe and gratitude for that gift becomes overwhelming and unspeakable in our lives because we realize what Jesus Christ did for us. Our life needs to flow out of that thought that I'm grateful for the unspeakable gift that God gave me, his only son, upon that cross. When we really take time to realize that, we realize what an incredible, unspeakable gift that was. The word unspeakable is only used two times in the whole New Testament. It speaks both to that gift. Thank God for his unspeakable gift. I want to share this thought with you this morning as we conclude. A man by the name of Court Russell spent 426 days in jail. He spent it there because he stabbed his landlord with his pocket knife. He was a first-time offender when he did that. And it's kind of a tribute in sorts because Court Russell was 90 years old. He was a World War II veteran. His wife had died a number of years before. He was incarcerated. He was blind. He had prostate cancer. The other inmates called him Pop. The other inmates loved him. I mean, these are criminals in jail, but they loved him. They really liked this guy when they found out he was a veteran. So they gave him a great name. They always put him first in line. They walked him around the jail because they couldn't see. Sat him down with some of his buddies there at lunch and helped him get his food. And They really, really loved this guy. Many of them realized this is the first time I've ever had something in my life that's like this, that I can call Pops. They didn't have dads. They didn't have grandfathers. They loved this guy because he cared about them, and they cared about him. Well, time drew near for him to be released. He petitioned the court, though, to stay. He said, I got no place to go. I got nobody that really cares about me out there, and I got all these guys. Can I stay here just the rest of my life? The judge had no choice but to cut him free and release him. After two weeks living in a motel, Court Russell took his own life. He said he had nothing to live for. This sad story tells us there's people all around us right now that feel that same way. That they just don't feel like they have anything worth living for. They have no hope. They're desperate. You have somebody in your life someplace out there that's like that. That doesn't have Jesus Christ. Maybe they're hopeless. Maybe they're wondering what's life all about. We all are surrounded by all kinds of people every day. People out there are lonely. They're desperate for touch from God. And God has placed you and I here to touch those people, to give ourselves away. Isn't it interesting that loneliness was the first thing that God saw in all his creation and said, this is not good that man be by himself. Loneliness is huge in God's heart especially when he has you and I out there that have his son, Jesus Christ, 
He's calling you and I to give ourselves away to those around us, to strangers, to friends, to neighbors, to coworkers. God has called you and I to live in such a way as others are grateful for us.